What's up, nerds? Uh, we're back again with Lit and Lattes. I'm Charlie. And I'm Maddie. And so we're trying something new this week, guys. Uh, so Maddie and I actually read two completely different books this week uh, for today's episode with only one thing in common, the romance genre. Steamy. <laughs> now, people who know me personally know that I'm not big on the whole, like, Nick loves Jenny and here's how they fell in love and lived happily ever after when I'm looking for books. I like a thrilling plot line, mysterious holes in the story, and possibly a dark past. Now, uh, not to say that the romance genre can't have that, it just usually doesn't, so I steer clear and try to find things a little more rooted in reality, like books that I could read or listen to and think like, whoa, that was a ride, but it was still like completely believable, you know? I do know, yes. Thank <laughs> so, you for asking. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so that being said, uh, let's hit the books. Do you want to start? Oh, Jesus. You want to start with your background and synopsis? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this week, I attempted to read oh, "Emergency no. Contact." Attempted? By, yeah, I didn't finish it. We'll get into Maddie. that. We'll get into that later. By Mary H. K. Choi. Uh, she's an, a she's a Korean American author, editor, television and print journalist. Uh, she's a culture correspondent on Vice News Tonight on HBO. And she was previously a columnist at Wired and Allure magazines, as well as a freelance writer. Ooh, which is cool. Like that's what I would like to do. I was. I mean, I'm a journalism major. So, question before yeah. you tell us about the book: mm-hmm. Was she born in America? She was born in Seoul, South Korea. Oh, all right. So I'll read y'all. The synopsis. Well, the synopsis. It's the inside of the book jacket. That's the synopsis. Yeah. Summary, synopsis, whatever. They all mean the same thing. They all mean the same thing. To be fair, I did listen to this as an audiobook, which, like, Charlie's got to take who a second. Was, who was your. Uh, oh, who were your. Um, let me pull up my Audible what do you, what app. Do you call them narrators? Yeah, let me pull up Audible and I'll let you know. I just think that's a really important part of audiobooks. Like it, the it, narrators were really good. I will say that. Um, I feel like that, like especially when you're reading an auto, listening to an audiobook. I feel like the narrators. Uh, what's what's the? Oh, now it's playing. Stop. What's what's the word I'm looking for? There, it's not their ability. I want to tell, but me, okay. it's like their their quality um, of how they read it uh, really uh, connects to how how connects with how you connect to the book. Yeah, and like. I don't, I mean, I didn't enjoy this book that much, but I did enjoy listening to it being read because their voices were nice. It was narrated by um, Joy Osmansky and Jacques Roy because it's in two different narratives. Oh, okay. So it had like Penny and Sam and they just read for them in their little sections. So anyway. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Uh, So this is a little synopsis. Uh, For Penny Lee, high school was a total non-event. Her friends were okay, her grades were fine, and while she'd somehow landed a boyfriend, they never managed to know much about each other. Now Penny is heading to college in Austin, Texas, to learn how to become a writer. It's 79 miles and a zillion light years away from everything she can't wait to leave behind. A zillion, though. That's what it says. Facts. No printer, just facts. No printer, just facts. Sam stuck. Literally, figuratively, emotionally, financially. Same. Me too, Sam. (laughs) He works at a cafe and sleeps there, too, on a mattress on the floor of an empty storage room upstairs. Fucking goals. <laughs> I would love to live above a Big B. I thought about it. He has, like, $17, but, like, same. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he knows that this is the god-awful chapter of his life that will serve as inspiration for when he's a famous movie director. But right now, right this second, the 17 bucks in his checking account and his dying laptop <laughs> are really testing him. <laughs> when Sam and Penny cross paths, it's less meet-cute and more a collision of unbearable awkwardness. Still, they swap numbers and stay in touch via text and soon become digitally inseparable. Sharing their That's deepest cute. anxieties and secret dreams without the humiliating weirdness of having to, you know see each other <laughs> which like fair is that it yeah oh okay um my book was uh the next together by lauren james lauren james graduated from the university of nottingham where she studied chemistry and physics and i was like damn okay lj you get it with your uh, science degrees. <laughs> she is an Arts Council grant recipient and was long listed for the 2016 Branford Bose Award. And she lives in the West Midlands in the United Kingdom. So she British, eh? Yes. Did you like my accent? I did. Very, sorry very you, cockney. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so my synopsis was, uh, here we go. How many times can you lose the one you love? Catherine and Matthew are destined to be born again and again, century after century. Each time they are total strangers, thrust... <laughs> Sorry, I just felt your feet touching me. We have a foot blanket <laughs> under the table because our feet are cold. <laughs> this was supposed to be serious. It is serious. My feet are seriously cold. <laughs> Everyone, this is a very serious podcast where we talk about very serious things. I didn't even get through like the first sentence. I'm sorry. I, I had to keep my feet warm. Here, take a breather. Let's try that again. How many times can you lose the one you love? Catherine and Matthew are destined to be born again and again, century after century. Each time they are total strangers thrust together under unusual circumstances. Each time their presence changes history for the better. And each time they fall hopelessly in love only to be tragically separated. Dun -dun. Why does fate keep bringing them together to save the world? And what must they achieve before they can finally be left to love and peace? Maybe the next together will be different. Aww. Told in parallel time streams through a mixture of prose, diary entries, letters, original historical documents, news, quotes. <laughs> news reports, and internet articles spanning the Siege of Carlisle, the Crimea War, and the future of 2019 and 2039, The Next Together is a glittering, sweeping story of time travel, fate, and the power of a first love. The future of 2019, which is currently happening. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure this um, book was published around 2016. Okay, that's fair. Or in 2017. Let me let me check the copyright while you talk about your spoiler-free notes. <sighs> Holy frick, friends! So, like I said, um, I didn't finish this book. 2017. Okay, I didn't finish this book because I hated it. I didn't Maddie. hate it. I didn't hate it. Hate's a strong word. I strongly disliked this book because I felt I hope like you have good reasons. I do. 
here okay let's talk about the pros the pros and cons mm. let's talk about the things i liked oh i thought you said pros no like the pros, writing yeah the pros not good it was just like descriptions it was just like then penny went to the apple store and she picked out her rose gold there's a whole page about this girl picking out her new phone mm. and like with no like ulterior like meaning or motive behind it it was just talking about how she wanted a cool new rose gold iphone why i don't know (laughs) exactly so let's talk about the things that i enjoyed spoiler free spoiler free i have a whole section for spoilers somewhere in my notes here we go i liked that the characters felt like pretty real as terrible as these characters were they felt like they could be real people and they had really good like secondary characters that were pretty like fully fleshed out because a lot of like I feel like a lot of young adult fiction is like you have the main character and that's they're like fully fleshed out. And then you have their best friend, which is sort of just like two dimensional. Yeah, like just yeah, it's like someone who's like in the background just there to like move the plot along. Mm. But like the secondary characters felt like pretty real as well. Um, I liked that it was told from two different narratives. That was cool. It was Sam and Penny. And then pause. I feel like split narrative is a like it's becoming a bigger thing. Yeah, both of our yours wasn't was it your split narrative? Mine wasn't split narrative. Mine was split timeline. Okay, but it was told from one specific uh, point of view. Yes, but I feel like split narrative is becoming a big thing in um, young adult young adult literature. Yeah. Because I think it um, better portrays uh, like main protagonists. Yeah. Because you get to know them both better. Yeah. So, and then a lot of it, not a lot of it, but like a significant amount of it is like told through like text messages. And it's like shown through text messages between Penny and Sam. And like none of the texts were like too like texty or cliche. Like it didn't sound like someone like. like T-T-Y-L. It wasn't like someone like texting on their pink Motorola Razor in like 2005. <laughs> like specific. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? I do. I had a I had a kick slide. Slide it right out. I had a green kick slide. I didn't get a phone until I was 16 years old. Thanks, Mom and Dad. I had to walk alone to school a lot. That's fair. Um, I also something else I liked uh was like seeing their relationship progress as much. I mean, not that it did that much, but like, would you would you classify this as slow burn? Not as slow. I feel like slow burn implies that it's building up to something this didn't build up to anything it just kept going really and even in the reviews i was reading because i couldn't finish it so i read some reviews and even in the reviews i was reading people were like it wasn't worth it like there's no like payoff so i don't know um but i liked to see like the relationship between the two like through text because i feel like i have a lot of people in my life that like we we communicate primarily through text messages Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting to like see that and yeah, then, a, lo- a lot of uh, 21st century life is now primarily social media. Yeah. I know, like, you and I, unless we're face-to-face, like, we only text and yep. Snapchat. Yep. Or sometimes Duo. Oh, yeah. Well, like, Duo's a little bit more personal because yeah. it's face-to-face video. Yeah. But, yeah, like, most of the world just texts. Like, you barely find people who like phone calls anymore. The only person I talk to on the phone, the only people I talk to on the phone are, like, my mom and my grandma. Because... My mom's bad at texting. Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, and then another thing I liked was there were like a lot of diverse characters. Like the main one of the main characters, Penny, is like 
uh, she's Korean American, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then she talked about in her creative writing class that she's taking at college. There's a whole bunch of different, like, diverse people in her class. Like, there's this Chinese British kid in her class. Oh, wow. And her professor is like this cool black woman with cool hair. And she, like, makes feminism seem cool, which, like, hell yeah. So, w- would you say that those, like, kids in her creative writing class, like, felt. Um, they felt real and they yeah. didn't feel, like, tropey. Yeah, and, like, not just, like, oh, like, here's some background characters yeah, no, th- like, to fill a classroom. Yeah, no, it was pretty interesting. Um, do we want to talk about the things I don't like, spoiler-free? Or do you want to talk um, about things you like in your book? Uh, you you can talk about the things that you don't like, spoiler-free, because I kind of, like, condensed all my stuff together. Okay. Yeah, I have a list in things that I like have stars next to them, and things that I don't like have X's next to them. And there are a lot of X's. Oh my god, Maddie. Not a lot. You feel very strongly about this book. I was just disappointed because I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but the cover of this book was so beautiful. Yeah, like the, the cover the is, art supposed is to beautiful. draw you in. And like the dust jacket like synopsis was like I was like, oh cool, I'll read that. <clears throat> and then I started reading it. Well, listening to it. Like literally on the first page, the main character says, having a mill for a mom is garbage. So I don't know why I even continued. <laughs> Who says that about their mom? Right? That's what I'm saying. So Shout out to all the moms out there who listen to this podcast, because there's probably only two of you. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. I would never and, call you a MILF and call you garbage, and even I want, though all my friends think you're hot. <laughs> and I want, I want our moms to know that we love you very much. I love you, mom. And that's not supposed to sound patronizing. Okay. So here are the things. Here are my... Oh my I feel like a mirror. Exit. <laughs> Charlie's just over here making mic noises. No, I'm coughing. Co- yeah, Amir's had strep throat for his entire life, basically. Ew. <laughs> Sorry, Amir. <laughs> um, there's a lot of like pop culture references, which like isn't a bad thing. Did they feel overwhelming? They felt overwhelming, especially in the first part. Like it was just like it just felt overwhelming, and I feel like that can like really date a book too. Like in a few yeah. years from now, like none of that's going to be relevant. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I'm a young person. I'd like to think I'm, I mean, I'm 22. So, like, I'd like to think I'm, like, hip with the kids. But, like, hip with the kids. You know, just hip with the kids. You don't have to speak teen to be a good parent. Stop. (laughs) So it just, I don't know, it just felt kind of, I don't know, it just wasn't uh, over the top is what I wrote. It wasn't your favorite. No. You said the pop culture references felt over the top. Yeah, they felt over the top. And then Penny and Sam... Are the main characters and they're like okay i have a question though yes because based on the book jacket's description of sam i feel like he would be he's like, a better character i i was i was gonna agree that I, like he was like the one redeeming quality to this book for me yeah i read a, i read i had a book like that um a while back that i was really excited to read because yeah. the premise was so amazing but then as i started to read it one of the main narratives kind of threw me off and that's yeah. why i couldn't finish it and yeah. I feel like that's kind of what you experienced yeah. with with uh, Penny. Yeah, and Penny and Sam are both sort of unlikable characters. Really? Like not even in like a sort of like relatable redeeming way, but they're just like they don't. They're like pretty pretentious about How so. Like when and they're like really judgy. So like when Penny first sees Sam, she like 
sees him and he sees that she has tattoos and she's like, oh, I bet he's like in a band and he smokes cigarettes. He look, probably looks so cool. So she's cigarettes. definitely one of those people that just like, Judges if she people. sees a group of people on a sidewalk, she's going to cross the street. Yeah. She's mm. just weird. Um, sorry, Penny. I know you're a fictional character, but I don't like you. Um, hey, it happens. Yeah. They're really judgy about like everything. Like most of their text conversations are just like, they had a whole conversation about their moms and how they hated their moms. Why? I don't what know. Is with, what is, okay, for, we're, we're going to get into society. What is with today's kids and not liking their parents? Just love your parents. As long as they're good people. Like, if your parents are shitty, obviously, like... <laughs> like, I get it. Like, we all fight with our parents. We all disagree with our parents. We don't, like, we don't agree with the decisions that they make for us. But in the long run, like, you get... You you come to understand that what they do... They're usually is be- right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, all, they're usually right. And they everything they do for you is because they care for you. Yeah, and so... And, like, the thing is, is, like... Penny's mom, at least, is not a bad person. She makes it seem like her mom's like this bad person. And her mom just just loves her and just wants the best for her. And it's so nice. And I was just like, be nice to your mom. What the fuck? What the fuck? Sorry, Charlie's mom. Um, be nice to my mom. <laughs> and and so, I'll be nice to your mom. And so then the other thing with like the characters, I feel like they their friends are like really good to them and like really good friends and neither of them are like good friends they don't like reciprocate the care that they get from their friends why and uh, like at one point um penny's roommate like just calls her out for being like a shitty friend i mean which like yes she i'm sorry like i didn't even read this book but like she she doesn't sound likable. No, she's not. And it's is not she even, supposed to be an unlikable character? I don't know. And even if she is supposed to be an unlikable character, I feel like there's ways to t- write was, that. Yeah. That like. And wouldn't you want like the main person to like have at least a redeeming yeah, end? There's nothing. And then another thing that I didn't like. <laughs> Did the reviews at least say like they redeem themselves in the end? No. Wow. From what I read, like I said, didn't finish the book, but apparently like. This is going into my next topic. Yeah, so like, so like, this is like, she is saying like, there's a disclaimer because she didn't finish, I didn't finish it, it. But like, you got through like what you had like ten chapters left. Yeah, I was like three quarters of the way through, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I had it on like one point six speed. I was trying. There's a point though when you've put yourself through something that far and you can't find redeeming qualities of it, where it's like, okay, like you have you have to let it go. Yeah, and like, like I was telling Charlie earlier while we were getting coffee, I was like, it's been a long time since I haven't finished a book because I didn't like it. And Mm so kind of going off of that, the pacing of this book Mm. is just garbage. I'm sorry. It's just slow, and it's just all this description, and it's just terrible, and I feel like nothing's happening ever. Like, and uh, So, like... Like like how we said earlier, slow burn implies a like a, a redemption up yeah. to something, and whereas this was just like con- nothing, like a like a treadmill, just yeah. just kept going just kept around. Going. And like to that point, also I said uh, it feels like there's no point, like to the story. Hmm. Like okay, they fe- like they fell in love, and that's the thing too is the like I read I wrote this down too is the romance feels like really rushed because like hmm. the first time Penny sees Sam she's like oh my god he's so hot and then she like can't stop thinking about him and she like gets his phone number and they just like text all the time and she's like always thinking about Sam and how hot he is with his tattoos and he smokes cigarettes and he's so cool and like that's that's great but you can't like base a relationship on that him. get to, yeah like, like and like they do to get to know him. each other like through the text a little bit through like hating on their moms and you know being pretentious assholes together but 
They're they're that couple that like sits on a park bench and just judges people that fall down. Yep. That's wow. how that's how she got his number. She was sitting on a park bench and he like tripped in front of her. He had a panic attack and he fell down. Oh, did she laugh at him? No. Oh. Thankfully. Okay. But like if she didn't if she didn't know it was him, I feel like she would have. That's so sad. I'm sorry. Like I I feel bad on your behalf. Yeah, it was. Because didn't you say you you like? I was like, at the you beginning, wanted to keep going I in the to beginning, keep going because I thought it could redeem itself, and it just never did. Mm. And according to the reviews I was reading, <clears throat> it really never did. And like a lot of people were saying that like the author tried to rush like all these plot, like to like uh, wrap up the plot within like the last like sixty pages or whatever, and it didn't like happen so that's that spoiler free i didn't like it (laughs) would you recommend it no Mm. maybe if you're like a teenager if someone wanted to like dedicate themselves to it if you're a teenager and you're pretentious and judgy then maybe you'll appreciate it which like i was what would you rate it on a five scale two 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 because i would give it a one but like they're like there were still some there parts was, like, like redeeming qualities. Like I liked her friends and like her roommate, and I liked her mom as much as she hated her mom. Like, and so I liked you Sam. liked her mom. Yeah, like, you found good qualities in her mom, and I liked Sam more than I liked Penny. So he felt like more like a real person. But again, he wasn't like he's like in a more of an adult too because Penny's eighteen and Sam's twenty one. So maybe I just feel like yeah, and like Sam relate. Sam's like. Like well, at least what I'm getting is that like Sam Sam like has gone through the struggle yeah, of like oh, trying to be with life and there's Pen- Penny just in the spoilers I got some Ooh. some stuff so Sam's like did life he's done li- he's done he's life. done life he's done life Sam's so lived I feel like maybe just because I'm closer in age to him that that feels more relatable to me but yeah two out of five well uh so I have. So Maddie and I were talking earlier that I had like the opposite experience where she kind of liked her book in the beginning and then grew to dislike it. I, I'm not afraid to say it. I did not like this book in the beginning. She literally texted me and was like, I want to die. This book is so bad. Yeah. No, like (laughs) I, like I said, like I'm not one for gushy romance and I felt like it just kept being thrown in my face over and over again. Like I messaged like Grant and I was like, when you are forced to read a book for your own podcast and you don't like it, but uh, I did. I did grow grow to like it in the end. There were there were lots of twists and turns that caught me off guard, and I I enjoyed uh, those aspects of them. Oh yeah, so like I, I'll I'll hint at a conspiracy that I'll get to later, but okay. So I like I said, I highly enjoyed this book, and uh, if Lauren James were to release more of Catherine and Matthews, like. Uh, stories I would definitely read them um I like I said it, it took me a minute to get used to it but uh I was intrigued quickly and from then on like I couldn't put it down I actually read the I read the, I read the whole book in um mostly one sitting the only times I stopped was because I was driving excuse me uh, here. I feel like I can never like breathe when we're recording <sighs> Like, I, I can't catch my breath. Take a deep breath. Thank you. <sighs> Great. <laughs> but, um, 
All that aside, I uh, still feel like this book tricked me. Uh, I was lured in with promises of sci-fi and historical mysteries. And then after I agreed, they locked me in a room and threw gushy romance at me. Like, imagine drowning in a puddle. And No, 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 no. Waterboarding. I was waterboarded with romance. That's how I felt. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, that's so bad. <laughs> but <laughs> I was. And like like moth to flame, though, I hung on to my hopes of surrealism and mystery. And I will say, spoiler free, that I was not disappointed. I have a lot more to talk about in the spoiler section. Okay. Uh, with that, do you want to take a coffee break? Coffee break slash hot Cheeto fry break. <laughs> coffee break i don't have ice in my coffee anymore otherwise i'd do a cute little shaking thing yeah um so what are you drinking maddie hang on i have a cheat on my mouth um (laughs) that's that's great i'm drinking um a mint mocha iced pretty good it's never too cold for iced coffee there is snow on the ground i'm sorry correction there are sheets of snow on the ground and there are inches upon inches of snow on the ground currently i would go far as far as to say half a foot it's a lot i'm probably wrong but i'm really disappointed but i didn't want to not have hot coffee so i got iced coffee yeah i am drinking a hot honey cinnamon vanilla latte because I love. Stop! You don't have to tell them that. <laughs> she spilled it in the big B. Stop! You don't have to listen. You don't have to share my business. <laughs> anyway, I'm drinking a hot honey cinnamon vanilla latte, and I love it. She loved the first one, and I then she spilled it. <laughs> okay, listen. We don't have coffee break to talk about my misfortunes. Yeah, but co- it is coffee related. Okay, you're right. Right. So we had we had coffee snacks last week. Uh, what what are we eating today? Oh, you know, very they're very complimentary to coffee. I have Cheetos hot fries, and we have some Hershey's dipped pretzels, dipped Shout in milk chocolate and drizzled with dark chocolate, and they're made with Snyder's pretzels. I don't know. I'm like reading this like an ad read. <laughs> Sponsored by Hershey's. No, I'm just no, kidding. I'm just I wish. kidding. <laughs> now I'm gonna do some ASMR of meeting a hot fry. No, Maddie. I'm so I'm so <laughs> sorry. To the people who listen to this podcast and have to deal with the coffee break in the middle of the episode. Where I just do ASMR? Where you where, where it's just Maddie crunching on food. <laughs> I didn't crunch last week because I wasn't crunchy. I did. No, but you did take many dead air pauses to eat. Yeah, and then I did. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Let Me Podcast. I don't, I don't know why I do this. I, d- I don't. This is probably the most depressing coffee. Stop. This is probably the most depress- depressing coffee break we have ever had. I'm having a great time. I don't know what you're, how you're <laughs> feeling over there. Oh, we also have Arnold Palmer's. Yeah. The uh, the light one, because why would you get? Oh, I didn't even realize it was light. What does light do? It's like less calories. It tastes better than the original anyway. Don't well, at me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, I didn't notice. So I used to drink these all the time in high school. Mm-hmm. We would go. Arizona's my favorite. We'd go to the gas station after school, before musical rehearsal, and then we would get... God, you're such a nerd. I know. Shout out to any of my friends who drove me to CDs so we could get Arizona and sometimes pizzas. (laughs) Well, uh, going off of that incredibly tangent coffee break... Everyone... I mean, everyone's really... (laughs) I know. (laughs) Charlie says we have to do so much editing. Grant says, I know. 
Everyone's our super relatable coffee break about my hometown gas station that sells pizza. You know, yeah, super relatable. Everyone knows it. Super relatable. Can I actually have a hot fry? Yeah. Them boys hot. All right. So uh, are we going to get into the spoiler zone? Yeah. Okay. Well, wait, wait, wait. wait. Well, yeah. Got, no, I know. We got I was just going to say, yeah, okay. I'm just flipping to my page. All right. So uh, Maddie, do you want to do the outro? Yeah. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers and you think you want to read either of these books, uh, you can stop listening now. You can follow me on Twitter at Maddie Wren, M-A-D-D-I-E-H-R-E-N. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Charlie V, C-H-X-R-L-I-V. You can follow uh, the Lit and Lattes Twitter at Lit Lattes, L-I-T-L-A-T-T-E-S. I'm pretty sure I spelled that right. And then, of course, as always, you can follow Anmore Media. It's at Anmore Media Co. For all your podcast needs. Yes. All right. And with that being said, we are getting into... Spoiler. spoiler! The spoiler corner. Who wants to go first? Because I have a lot. I don't. Okay, you can go first. Okay. So, I just want to put out like a... Kind of a trigger warning. It's I'm not going to get into it. What is it? Um. So, we find out like way late into the game that Penny has like been raped in the past. What? But, here's the thing about that. No one like talks about... She like doesn't like talk about it like ever... Like, she doesn't, like, address her feelings. No one's like, maybe you should go to therapy or, like, talk to me about this or, like, talk to someone. There's, like, no, like, discussion of, like, how her mental health is impacted. Like, there's not. Mm. It just feels like it's there sort of to be there, which sucks. And that then, is horrible. Yeah. Like, why, why would you just throw that in? I don't know. With no, no. It, like, came out of nowhere. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's right. No, like, it was really weird. No... No offense to the author, but I yeah I don't I don't think that's right. And then another thing that we find out pretty early on is that Sam's ex girlfriend is supposedly pregnant. I don't know if she actually what? is. I don't know if she actually is because again didn't finish the book. Don't know if she's actually pregnant. Also, but again, still like I also, feel like we're getting thrown with also like the timeline for this book. Then going back to like things I didn't like is like sort of all over the place. Like. That would go through. I'm like, so confused. It would go through like Penny's section, and then it would go like Sam's section. It would be like literally the exact same scene, but like from his perspective. So I don't get the. Po- I don't want to read the same book twice. Yeah, like I've read a couple books like that, but but it's like the same thing. It's not even just like picking yeah. up from like the tail end. Oh yeah, like no, the like the books I've read with split narratives are usually like they just like they're feed in off each different. Other. Yeah, the, well, they're in different environments. Yeah, so you've got like Monday in character A's yeah. like life and whatever and then you've got Monday in character B's life or whatever but it's not like like so you're saying that well I'm inferring and yeah. you can correct me if I'm wrong so Penny and Sam are like on a sitting on a park bench and Penny does her narrative and, and then, then Sam, Sam does, does his the exact narrative. same thing if they're if they're in the same like environment if they're in the same room or in the same setting their their narrative. I feel like it should pick off pick off from the tail end. Yeah, no. If they're in the same room just or the same narrative, it just basically repeats the thing that just happened. But you get like Sam's 
perspective and it's on it and it's written in third person too which like i don't think that works with split narrative i don't want it written in third person i want to hear it from them don't, don't get me wrong like third person limited is my favorite type of writing yeah, style but like for but i don't think you can do split narratives no. in that i feel like if you're going to go for a split narrative you need to do first person so you get more connection with the character and then okay so going back to sam's ex lorraine i believe her name is she goes by lola lorraine. um I forgot so they like talk goes. about she like tells him that she's late and she took like all these pregnancy tests. And then there's not really like a huge discussion of like what comes next besides the fact that she's going to keep the baby. But like there's not really a discussion of like what Sam's responsibilities are going to be. And what's he going to do? And what's like, he going to do? Because he has $17 and his laptop just died. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And wow. then. Uh- Wow. Yeah. And then it's like sort of touched on, but not super touched on that like Sam's parents were alcoholics and Sam like was an alcoholic for a time. But like, again. Okay. So you're so you're literally just throwing in bad things. Yeah. That's basically it. And then not expanding. on. No, them. it's just like a bunch of bad things happening to these shitty characters. I feel like we were just walking down the road and we got hit with like four different baseballs in the face. Yeah, it just was it was all over the place. Nothing felt like super connected. And like a lot of things were like brought up and then never talked about again. See that that um, that's what I don't like. You can't bring up something as big as alcoholism or traumatic past events and then not expand on them later. Mm -hmm. That's that's not okay. No. And like. Think about other people. Sorry. Think about all the people you just like automatically triggered. Right. And like going off of like, especially with with Jenny's past, like traumas. And then like also not Jenny, Penny. I was thinking Jenny because your your author's name. We were talking about Jenny earlier. Oh yeah. Like Nick loves Jenny. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Penny, Jenny, Lenny, um, you know, Penelope, um, uh, her past traumas and then Sam's like past alcoholism. Like, sorry, I just closed my pop sock on my phone. Um, there's not like no one is like telling them to like maybe go to therapy or like maybe like have a dis- like an open and honest discussion about their feelings. Like no one is talking about like it. they like they clearly need some assistance. Need, well, like I don't want to just blatantly go. They need help. Yeah, but like, but I it feel wouldn't like, hurt. Yeah, and like I mean, everyone everyone needs a little help from now and then, even if you're just talking to someone. Yeah, like it's not. And discussed. And why would you like throw like pepper in all of these shitty, terrible things and not expand on them? Like show how it show how it affects the character. And then like, I feel like that alienates people, too, if they because they could be like, oh, this person went through the shitty thing and they didn't do anything. And I went through this like horrible thing. So I'm not going to do anything either. And like, oh, they seem fine. Yeah. Like, no, no, they're like a two dimensional book character that you have a real life. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about that. Wow. But the one redeeming thing, the good quote, the one good quote. It makes me feel bad because I'm not talking about anything nearly as heavy as you. See, we'll end on a high note. It'll be good. So the one redeeming quote that I really liked was, loving someone was traumatizing. You never know what would happen to them out there in the world. Everything precious was also vulnerable. Which I really liked Aww. because it's okay. true. Okay, that that is a cute quote. But like, because that does re- <laughs> that does relate to like like real life love. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> let's talk about some things that aren't terrible. Oh, you have more things? No, I'm just saying you. 
can oh. talk about things that aren't terrible. Where did I write? Okay, oh, so I have questions for later. I'm, I'm making a lot of feedback. Do you want Jesus. me to wait? Do you want to? Do you have questions about your book or like related to your book? Uh, or no, not yet. Okay. I was gonna like talk about things that happened in my book and then okay. get into the genre. Comparison. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll keep it for that then. Okay, so um, like I like I said earlier, so the book is told through alternating timelines between 1745, 1854, 2039, and then there's like little articles peppered in from like 2019 and 2020. Oh my gosh. We out here losing our breath. I can't breathe. So what I wanted to say is that I really liked the 1854 and 1745 timelines the best. Um... I liked 1854 the most, and that was the Crimea War. But uh, 2039 dominates the story and um, dominates the story and holds the most suspense. And I feel like that's because of um, like it's the what's what's the word? I'm it's the backbone of okay, this book. Yeah, yeah. Like, all of the uh, what's it called like Mm -hmm. all of the plot moving power (laughs) comes from the 2039 timeline of these two main characters like discovering their past lives and so just like a couple like book things i wanted to touch on like starts with uh page 98 so ever like well i'm not sure if everyone but so usually in history if a woman wanted to make any kind of impact in the world or just make money, find a job, do something with her life, uh, she had to masquerade as a boy. And so in... What's the year? 1854. (laughs) In 1854, um, the main character, Catherine, is living as a boy um, ever since she left the orphanage where she grew up. And uh, she's living as a boy named Christopher Russell. Christopher Robin. Or Kit and uh, she becomes a uh, manservant, I think they call her. Hell yeah. As, uh, to this journalist named Matthew. hey And um, so there's the uh, gender reveal when Matthew finds out that Kit is really um, a girl, Katie. And it just it just goes, uh, Matthew found Katie hiding in the stairwell, crying into her handkerchief. He ducked down beside her, shirt still clasped in his fist as he'd run after her while he was dressing. Kit, he said softly, what's going on? She looked up at him, trying to hold back a sob. His hair was still wet and water dripped down his collarbone. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. He patted her shoulder. Please tell me what's wrong. She brushed away her tears. I can't. You'll hate me. Oh, my God. Surely it can't be that bad. She took a deep breath. I can't undress because I'm not a boy. (laughs) Dun, dun. (laughs) His face was blank, so she added, I'm a girl. I love Mulan. (laughs) Yeah, so basically this whole thing happened because they were on a boat traveling to uh, Bulgaria for the war. (laughs) And uh, all the men were up deck and they were like, hey, guys, it's our first chance to like actually bathe in two weeks. And so everybody just started undressing because, you know, they're all men. And then Katie was like, oh, no, bitch. 
And so um, she felt a moment of release, which disappeared as she watched the confused expression on his face give way to something like surprise, then horror, finally setting, settling on anger. His face hardened and her gut twisted to see him shut her out. His hand slowly moved off her shoulder before tightening into a fist. She grabbed his arm in desperation as he pulled away and stood up. Wait, Matthew! He shrugged her off, turning his back to her and beginning to slowly, carefully dress. There was a flush of angry pink spreading down between his shoulder blades. She watched him, not knowing what to say. When he had finished buttoning his shirt, he walked away without turning back to, to look at her. And so, like, that was, that was just, like, an example of, like, the gushy romance mm-hmm. that was that was thrown out to me. But, yeah, the gender reveal of, like, and it just it just came so quickly. And that, that was something I didn't like a lot about a lot of, I feel like um, a lot of happenings were almost cliche in a way where it's like, oh, here we go, men, time to bathe. And it's like, I can't, I'm a girl. The water is dripping down his face. <laughs> yeah, so like I, I just read that and I'm like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me right now? And Sorry, then I'm looking at Facebook because my cousin just got engaged. Shout Maddie, out to Cam and Rachel. Maddie, stop. Love you guys. Maddie, we're here for business. But look how cute they are. My dad took these pictures. Maddie, <laughs> those are cute. But um, so then the the other timeline is in 1745, and the characters are Catherine, and she's um a gentry fa- of gentry family, so nobility. And Matthew is a stable boy servant. Wow, I love the Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and then so right here uh, in on page 218, they have their first kiss. And it's the old ancient first kiss marriage proposal. If I had to get married to the first person I ever kissed, <laughs> I would be having a really bad time right now. Oh my now. gosh. And it, it like literally just the way it goes was... Um, She took a moment to finish the kiss in her own time, firmly, insistently, and then pulled away. I'm not going to read the rest of that. Um, Am I allowed to speak now? He asked, smirking. No. (laughs) You may, she said, laughter in her voice. Will you marry me, Catherine? I want us to spend this life and the next together. Wow. 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 And I was just like, yes. Um, wow. I By did, Post Malone. <laughs> I did say that, uh, yes, I did say that 1745 was one of my favorite timelines because um, I felt that it was the most, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? It had the most substance to Catherine and Matthew's relationship. Like they got a lot of their um, bonding. Okay and um relationship building together in this timeline but that like really you why you gotta do us like that like i get that they have been together for like a really long time well not like together but like they've known each other for a really long time but and so they've grown really really close and this is their like first chance to like 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 i said like he's a he's a servant yeah and she's nobility so they haven't really had a chance to be like together and uh or alone right um, so yeah, I get like the after so many months or so of uh, connection, mm-hmm. their first kiss will naturally lead to like a lot of happenings. But yeah. really, like first kiss and then marriage—that's how it goes. If you kiss someone, you have to get married to them. Oh, so I have a lot of marriages that I guess I 
have to catch up on. Mm. Um, so, like, like we said, there's a lot of like uh, mm-hmm. blanking. Uh, oh, time overlaps mm-hmm. between Catherine and Matthew. They're supposedly having these lives over and over again. And so, page two fifty three is one of the ones that really, really kind of like threw me for a loop. Because they're after like um, a chapter, like after something um, uh, important happens mm-hmm. in um, a chapter or a timeline, there's always like these little computer codes coming okay. up. Like something, uh, like something happened. Like there, uh, Matthew was in danger of uh, dying, and it goes alert. Time landscape 1854 in imminent danger of timing out. Is this a simulation? I don't know. That's that. That's what is like, this a matrix? Is this that one episode of Black Mirror? <laughs> I don't know. Like that's that's what got me so much. Like the like the one on two fifty three that I I uh, talked about. It it starts with um, she could all see it with perfect clarity. Their previous lives together. Her vision went black, and she blinked away the blur of her tears. The world came back into focus, new and different. And then the computer code comes up like time merging has reached 100% completion in time landscape 1854. It is highly unlikely that that these subjects will achieve their objective considering this hazardous landscape. It's a simulation. I'm like so confused. It's the matrix. And the whole time like I'm like who's pulling these strings? Like these are the real, Illuminati. <laughs> these are the, these are real people um supposedly? Like I know this is the spoiler section but I don't even know right now. It's a simulation. It's all fake. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, I haven't read the book, but I'm based on that it's not real. Well, we might actually get to who's pulling the strings. Hey, but uh, m- like trying to move things along before we get to uh, book comparison. Uh, page uh, 254 and 245 is. Um, yeah. So basically they're in Carlisle, England. The The siege of Carlisle is happening right now. This is an actual historical event. And the Jacobites are, like, preparing to overrun Carlisle, England. The Jacobites are uh, Scottish. And so basically what happens is that um, there's an uprising with the uh, militia that's supposed to be defending Carlisle and the general that's supposed to be leading everything. And so the militia wants to surrender and the general is like there's no way like we're, we're literally all gonna die we can stand here and defend carlisle and they're like no so one of the militia soldiers gets ready to shoot the general dun, dun. and so matthew pulls him out of the way and instead he's shot dun, dun. and so he's literally like standing there dying and then it goes um Subject allocation matthew in time landscape 1745 timed out Intervention in progress. Scanning time thread. Subject allocation Matthew detected in time landscape 1854. Initiating wormhole. Transferring male candidate. File loading. And then and then Matthew like comes back to life. Matrix. And so I'm literally like, who is this puppet master? How how did they even do that? And then it's just the fact that um, so we're gonna call him Matthew two. Matthew too, like is now living. He he came from 1854, and now he has to live in 1745, and he has no recollection of 1745 Catherine and their relationship together. And it kind of puts a toll on, uh, like Catherine herself. Like 
she she can sense that this isn't her Matthew. Like mm. her Matthew died when he was shot. And it's just that uh, intervention in time landscape 1745 may not have had desired effect. Although there is still a subject allocation Matthew, the progress of the relationship is now increasingly unlikely. And so it's like they basically have to, yeah, like, so it's like with that, with that quote unquote intervention, like the relationship is now back to square one in the middle of a war. I just don't under, that's too much for me, my, for my tiny lizard brain to comprehend. <laughs> and, um, we're gonna, we're gonna backtrack a little bit back to, oh, uh, was real minty at the bottom of that drink. Back wow. to, um. 256 and Crimea, Ukraine, 1854. Ukraine? Ukraine. You say Ukraine. Okay. Crime, crime, and I really hope I'm pronouncing the Crimea? Providence. Crimea? I, I, it might be Crimea. I don't I know. I assumed anything. it was Crimea. But anyway, so uh, this is where they like start to like realize that like something's going on. They've lived before and it is, there's, there's just this moment and it's, just uh so they're they're going through this battle with the russians and like so everybody's shaken up and so katie and matthew like have finally like found some like resemblance of cover Mm -hmm. and they're sitting there and like matthew's just like it's all right like you're safe i'm here and then like katie who's freaking out because now she's just like seeing all of these timelines in her head is like you you died and he's like not this time like you've got me i'm here i'm fine and she's like do you remember like please tell me you remember and he's like yeah i i was shot in 1754 and so they they both talk about how they remember these other timelines but at the same time they have no clue as to still like why it's happening like they just realize they've lived before and the same thing happens in the um, what's it in the in the eighteen forty? No, no, oh, no, no. In um twenty thirty nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, like like they're they're like losing it, and so back to seventeen uh forty five. Matthew two is now getting sick, and so we're assuming it's from his time travel, or um as the puppet master calls it, the transfer. And moving forward, like his hair starts falling out and the puppet master thinks it's radiation poisoning from the transfer. Uh, Spoiler alert. He dies again, though. I feel like Charlie's book has way more substance than my book, but also she finished her book. So, But like, girl, how many more pages of notes you got? Two. (laughs) Jesus. But like. Hold on. I want to talk about how sad it is that 1754 Catherine had to lose two Matthews. Two. Sorry, Catherine from 1754. How would you feel if your boyfriend died in your arms, miraculously came back to life, and then again died in your arms like a week later? I would kill myself. You'd be wrecked, wouldn't (laughs) you? You'd be wrecked. Oh! This book had so much going on. Unlike mine, which had uh, nothing going on. So um, skipping ahead to 2039 of the near future, we have Matt and Kate. They always they always change an aspect of their name. I love like them. it's Catherine and Matt and Katie. Matthew. And then it's Kit and oh, Matthew. Yeah. And then like Kit is her like boy alias. Yeah. But then like. Uh, once it comes out that she's a girl, it's like Katie yeah. and Matthew. 
And then in 2019, it was Matthew and Catherine again. And now in 2039, it's Matt and Kate. Very, very 21st century. Yeah, yeah, very. And then so, uh, what's it called? So... At this point, um, I've skipped a lot, but at this point, um, Matt and Kate are running from the government. Love that for them. <laughs> and so uh, there's a what, what's going on is that there's this conspiracy that this laboratory in England has been creating this biological weapon. It's a bacteria kind of like anthrax where they can just chuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and it just kills literally every living mammal on the planet. Love that. Yeah. And they're trying to use it to defeat the Scottish. Cool. Yeah. And so... What did the Scottish ever do to you? (laughs) I don't know. England and Europe have been feuding for a while, apparently, in the lengths of this novel, because I don't want to get into world politics. Uh, But yeah. So... They, uh, Matt and Kate have had lots of instances of deja vu. Like, they've been working together on um, this conspiracy because while Kate was cyber stalking her new uh, lab partner Matt Galloway she discovered a picture of 2019 scientists Matthew and Catherine Galloway and surprise surprise they look exactly like each other my brain just is too dumb for this. Yeah, right? Like, it it, tw- it twists your brain cells. It, like, hurts my brain to try to think about this. Yeah. I'm just sitting that's here the listening only reason, to you. That's the only reason why I was able to, like, get through it. Because every time I read something, it was always something else that was like, wait, what? And I had to keep going to figure out what was happening, despite all this gushy romance. But there was still, like, an amazing underlying plot line. Okay. So they so she finds this photograph of like this scientist. Turns out Catherine Galloway or Catherine Finchley is her aunt and her namesake. And turns out Matthew Galloway is is Matt Galloway's uncle. And so they've like, well, now we have to figure out like what happened. Like why did they die? And um, <laughs> what were they what were they studying? And so all this time while they've been like researching this together, they've had like these deja vus where they've fallen asleep and had mysterious dreams of other timelines. Like there was a point where um, Matt had just like was like sleeping and dreaming and then started kissing Kate's neck. And then they woke up and was like, wait, what? Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, so at this time, they're they're on the run from the military. And so they're passing Carlisle, which is on the like edge of Scotland, because they're. I'm sorry, they're trying to get to Scotland to avoid extradition. And so while they're passing Carlisle, extradition, extradition, extradition. I don't fucking know. Extradition. (laughs) Um, and so while they're passing Carlisle, like Kate, just like wait, wait, stop the car, like you know, like so they're like, can we can we just please like go to Carlisle for a while? And where do they end up? The cathedral where Catherine and Matthew spent most of their time in 1754. And that's when they like fully uh, believe their multiple lies, despite two to three hundred pages of proof. I don't know what it is. I just. What? My brain hurts. I'm sorry. Am I am I going on too long? Well, I want to stop. I mean, do you want to hear more? Because it's not even close to the ending. Oh or do you God. want me to skip to skip the ending? Skip to the ending. <laughs> the whole thing was being controlled by their future daughter. Oh, shit. <laughs> you want me to go back now? No. 
I don't. I just need that. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> so basically, uh, to to make long story short, there was a lot I, to of to make things, a long fucking story short. There I was put a lot a whole of things bag that of jelly beans up my ass. <laughs> I hate this episode. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about an amazing book. I even had this quote pregante. I thought you'd appreciate that. Am I Pregannon at? Yeah. Kate 2039 Pregante? (laughs) Yeah. So it turns out that the whole reason they were being born again and again and again was because they were supposed to have this child, Clove. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, they never achieved it because they always died Mm -hmm. (laughs) before they could get there. Yikes. (laughs) And so basically uh, 2039 is where it finally um, happens. Like they have. uh, Well, Matt's been arrested, but you wouldn't know that because you didn't let me finish. Matt's been arrested, everyone. For treason. For treason. And so but but Kate's already pregnant. So they have this baby. We'll let her baby top of his head. And so they have this baby and um it just goes uh la, 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 la. Oh yeah, objective achieved, mission complete, assignment clove in operation. Hell yeah. And so then there was uh towards the, it, it's pretty much over now. There's just um the epilogue, but is it it's just sh- like news stories in the yeah, epilogue. Yeah, yeah, like the rest is just like there's a Wikipedia article talking about like Matthew and Catherine Galloway and it's got like some really important cryptic stuff in it that like is never fully explained and it I don't like that it was just dropped at the end of the book, but it talks about how they're a part of, a part of um this thing called repeated lives, which is a system of history control. And so I don't know, it's supposed to history control is apparently supposed to be a way to prevent historical catastrophes. And so like Matthew and Catherine were just pivotal to um, preventing a lot of these things going on. And so their daughter's name is Clove. Love that. That's really cute. Yeah. And so, but what happens is that, um, so it's 2043, so it's the super future, and everything's digital. And it's not even the super future. They, they portray That's it true. as the super future. Not, Remember, this is 2017 I when know, it's but being it's written. it's still, like, not that far off. Yeah, but it, from 2017, it was, like, the super future with, like, That's everything true. was electronic. And so Clove is, like, three, and she's like, I want to be a programmer. But then, um, so... All you hear is like this uh, voice calling for Clove to come get dinner. And you, um, so it's Tom, which is Matt's older brother. But then Clove keeps calling him dad. And so I wrote a note. You're I was not like, my dad. I was like, okay, Tom is not your father, Clove. And Tom, shout out to Tom, fictional character. You're really wrong for that. I don't care if her parents are missing and fugitives of the government. You should let her know who her real parents are. Yeah. And then, so, basically, to end this book, they just show a bunch of, like, code that Clove was programming, and it's just her writing her name over and over again, and then she starts typing numbers, and then she typed time, time 1745, time 1805, time 1854, 1918, 1941, 1963, and guess what the last one is? 2019. 2039. Oh, shit. And it's just like dad, mom, clove, 
clove, clove. And so, like, that's when... So Is I there going to be a sequel? There was a sequel, but it was all about clove. Oh, I want to know more about them. I want to yeah, know me about too. Matt and Kate. What and, the heck? And, like, that was, that was it. So I guess the ending is supposed to imply that, like, Clove, Clove was the puppet it. master. I thought it was the Illuminati. The whole, the whole thing was just because they had to have a baby, which kind of makes me wonder how important this baby is. Yeah. But is that, she going to, like, achieve world peace or something? Get, guess if you want to know, you got to read the second book. It's called The Last Beginning by Lauren James. Oh, the next together in the last beginning. <laughs> All right. But that's not what we're here for. We are here for genre comparison. So let's get into Holy that. Holy shite. You want to start with your questions? I just want to know, how do you write teenage characters without them being cringy? Because I feel like last week with We Are Okay, I didn't feel like mm-hmm. Marin was cringy and Mabel wasn't cringy. Like, no, they weren't cringy. They felt like real and people. I and I didn't feel like that with uh, 2039, um, Catherine and uh, Kate and Matt. Yeah. Because they, they were just like uh, freshman, sophomore college kids. Yeah. And they felt really real. Like, I just want to know, Mary Choi, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. Sweetie, I'm so sorry. Um, How? I just, I felt like a lot of it was like, Especially like the pop culture. I feel like this comes from stuff. us trying to figure out how how, yeah. how to make them more real. I feel like it all comes from uh, three dimensional, three yeah. dimensional portrayal. Like, and in order, okay. So for me, in order to make a character feel real, I have to be able to connect with that character. Right. I need to know their personality, their background, what makes them tick, what do they love, and um. Their connections. I didn't get it. None of that. I didn't get any of that. Sorry. Oh, my God. I can speak English. I got a lot of it. Yeah. Like, see, that's... I also... Like, Kate has close yeah. relationships with her family. So does Matt. Charlie had a really good romance book, even though it was... Gushy. Gushy, gushy mushy. And I still got really cool, like, plot holes. Yeah, no. I got too much plot and not enough. I, you know what like, I got a lot of? A- exposition yes (laughs) yes that is perfect you had a book of exposition there was no rising action and i had a book of a full rising action a full plot listen everyone go back to english 101 look at how you write a plot there's a little chart you can see it goes up and then sort of climax the rising action falling action yeah i feel like i had um a lot of rising action and then um, you had a full, falling action. You had a fully fleshed out plot. Yeah, you had a fully fleshed out I book three and characters. Fully, I had three fully fleshed out plots. I had 1745, 1854, and 2039. I got whenever this book takes place and not a lot of it. <laughs> I got a lot of talking about Penny's rose gold iPhone mm. and like her asking her roommate if her dress was slutty. Mm. which like hello what the fuck see i feel like going back to we are okay by uh nina lacour which was last week's book we got a lot of um history between characters and i feel like that's what makes makes, it more relatable yeah that's what makes a three-dimensional relatable real characters because they have a past yeah you know they have a past they have a 
oh, imb- like they have I don't want to say spirit, but they have like feelings. They have feelings. They have like real characteristics. Com- yes, yes. But uh, complex emotions. They yeah, have complex there, emotions. There was no none. Yeah, in my book. Sorry, Mary Joy. And so what I what I wanted to say about the next together was that it definitely doesn't skimp on the Nicholas Sparksness of romance novels, but it definitely adds lots of like twists and turns. Yeah. Um, do, well, uh, do you have any more? I wanted to know. I didn't want to know. I just want to talk about like the dynamics of like text relationships versus mm. like face to face relationships, mm. because like. How would you describe the dynamics of text relationships in emergency contact? That felt like the most real, like yeah. the texting, like that felt like real people talking. And then like when they were together, it was just like Penny was thinking about how hot Sam was with his tattoos and he smokes cigarettes and he could be. Also, there was a line in the book when they she like first sees Sam where she's like, he, she sees him with a like a cup of espresso and is like, I wonder if he's gay. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> What is hello everyone? If you're drinking espresso and you're not gay, stop. That's the final ruling. <laughs> I just don't understand. There's a lot of like weird, like, like I said, she's very, she was a very judgy character. But anyway, the text relationships, and I feel like, I don't know. In real life, I dated someone for a long time, and we were long distance, so we like only ever really texted each other. And like, there's just such a different dynamic when you are texting someone versus like when you're actually talking to them. Do you want to get into that? About my personal? No, about <laughs> okay, the dynamic. No. I just think it's, I feel like there's a lot of things you say over text that you wouldn't say in real life necessarily. Do you think it kind of comes from being behind a screen? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because like if you're texting someone, there's like a couple layers of separation there where yeah. you don't have to like really deal with the consequences right then. Yeah. So you can say like, basically whatever you want and feel like there's no like repercussions to it yeah whereas in real life i feel like you like sort of think things through before you say them because you don't want to like fuck things up yeah my 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 book consisted primarily of face to face yeah i don't know yeah um so how would you think that how how would you think that these two books compare as part of the romance genre how how could we create a Venn diagram? There is of uh, <laughs> it's a straight couple. That's the Venn diagram. It's a straight couple. Uh, That's about it. No, okay, we okay. We have to talk more about the romance comparison between the two. You did you There's, have any romance? It didn't feel like, like it too. That's what I was like. like the the whole romance thing. was just like her like talking about how hot she thought Sam was. The whole, and like, but like the book is like car- categorized as a romance novel. It didn't feel like one. It felt like just a book about people who like thought it, they each other was cute. Thought, so it, it, and there wasn't like a real. But again, didn't finish the book, so maybe they're, like, deeply, deeply in love at the end, and I missed it. But, like, hmm. the whole romance aspect of the book didn't really come through in the parts that and I read. And whereas I felt like the romance aspect was there. Overwhelming yeah, I, at points? Overwhelming at points. Especially, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say in 2019, which is told primarily through, like, kitchen fridge notes, there, there was a lot of romance aspects in that. And then, obviously, in um, seventeen forty-five, like the there was the romance between like two forbidden lovers, 
and um, in 2039, it's just a romance between two college kids. But at the same time, like I had that romance for right. a romance book, but I wasn't overwhelmed with like, I'm just sitting here reading a dime novel. And I'm, my book was on the opposite end where it was marketed as a rom- romance It was novel. marketed as like a dime novel and then, and then you didn't like, get any. No, I just don't understand. It could have been like, the concept is really interesting mm-hmm. and like, it could have been really good, but it just wasn't. It, did, it didn't fit the bill. No. And I was, listen, I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover. I've said this, but the cover is so beautiful. And I was like, man. That looks good. And I feel like it, like, like I said, I didn't read your book, but I feel like it definitely, based on your synopsis and as, as modernist, as cliche modern it could be, I feel like it did imply that they were going to have a... Like some whirlwind romance or something. Yeah, because like they had that whole like text connection where they could say whatever they felt like what was like deep inside their souls yeah. without being face to face. But you said you it just didn't, didn't get that. Nope. Well, like they had a conversation. Yeah. Like I said, they had a nice deep conversation about how, how they hated their moms. That's so sad. It was really sad. I was depressed listening to this book. That's sad. Like mine, I, mine took me on a whirlwind. No, I texted Charlie this morning. I was like, I don't know if I can finish this book. And she's like, turn the speed up. And I'm like, I'm already at 1.6. I can't do it any faster. That's so, wow. I don't know what else I can say besides that's sad. And uh, I feel bad that I tried to have a whole episode on a romance comparison and they there is just no didn't fit. Hopefully next time our book will be better. There's always the next There's, together. Oh, wow. And with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we won't be around next week. Oh, yeah. Um, so we will see you in two weeks. Because we are both going out of town next weekend. Because so, Charlie's crap. turning 21. This We're going to be out of town. We're going to be out of town next week. Charlie's turning 21. Yeet! Yeet! I'm so excited. What? Exactly uh, like that. Yeah, so guys, uh, this flop is known as uh, episode four, romance, a genre, a comparison. Uh, you, uh, once again, you can follow me on Twitter at Charlie V, C-H-X-R-L-I-V. You can follow me on Twitter at Maddie Wren, M-A-D-D-I-E-H-R-E-N. And don't forget to check out the Lit and Lattes Twitter at Lit Lattes, L-I-T-L-A-T-T-E-S. And then, of course, always check out Anmore Media. It's at Anmore Media Co. For all your podcast needs. Wow. See you, nerds. Thank you.